Advent grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation this morning is taken from Luke's Gospel, the first chapter. Listen again to verses 26 and 27. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. So far, our text. The story is told about a Sunday school teacher who had just finished telling her class the Christmas story, how Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem, how Jesus was born in the manger. After telling the story, the teacher asked the children, who do you think the most important woman in the Bible is? Well, expecting them to say Mary, right? Instead, one little boy raised his hand and said, Eve. Really? The teacher asked, why do you think Eve is the most important woman? Well, the boy replied, they named two days of the year after her, you know, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Well, there's no doubt that the first woman whom God created in his own image is important. That's true. But Mary, Mary comes close to topping the importance scale, doesn't she? Mary is a big deal. One does not carry the co-creator of the universe in one's womb without racking up some points in the importance department. One does not give birth to the savior of the human race and nurse him and hold him and raise him without becoming one of the most notable figures in human history. Mary is absolutely important in every sense of the word. The irony, though, and there is some irony, the irony is that 2,000 years ago, no one would have looked at this girl and said, wow, there goes Mary, isn't she something? Isn't she special? Hey, Mary, can I get your autograph? No, that's the last thing that would have ever happened. Do you know why? Mary was ordinary. She was. Mary lived in a town so small, it would have made the city of Twig seem like a suburb in Minneapolis. After all, the city of Nazareth isn't even mentioned once in the entire Old Testament. What's more, Mary's just a kid. You know, at most, she's 12 or 13 years young. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Mary was a great beauty or possessed an off-the-scale IQ. We know she wasn't wealthy or royalty or an heiress or a Hollywood star or, or own a Fortune 500 company. I mean, I hate to say it, but the honest truth is this. Mary was run-of-the-mill. She was plain Jane. Mary was ordinary. But that's okay, because don't you see, don't you know, God loves to take what is ordinary and do extraordinary things. He does. In fact, it's one of God's favorite things to do. After all, Moses was the son of a slave, wasn't he? 
David was a skinny, no-account shepherd boy. Peter and John were blue-collar fishermen. Matthew worked for the government. I mean, ordinary people with whom and through whom God would accomplish fantastic things. Well, now let's switch gears. I want to ask you a question. The question is this. Do you think Gabriel was nervous? You know, and I, I wonder about that. Was Gabriel nervous? And, and try to picture it, uh, if you will. Hey, Gabe, God calls out as he summons his favorite messenger. I've got a job for you. I want you to take a little trip to Nazareth and visit this teenage girl named Mary. You'll find her working on her wedding dress. Tell her that she's going to be the mother of my son. Better check MapQuest before you take off because Nazareth is out in the boonies. Yes, that's right. You're flying solo on this one. Have a nice flight. Now, try to imagine what was going on in Gabriel's mind, especially the moment he sets his eyes on our Mary. Was he impressed with this mere slip of a girl? Was he nervous as he relayed God's incredible news because there was quite a bit riding on this meeting? Did Gabriel hold his breath? Did he break into a cold sweat, if angels indeed do sweat, knowing that the future of all mankind rested upon the answer of this teenager? Because what if Mary flat out refused? What if she fainted? What if she did a Jonah and grabbed the first Uber out of town? What if Mary turned God down? But then these wonderful words made their way into Gabriel's celestial ears. I am the Lord's servant, Mary replies. May it be to me as you have said. Did Gabriel breathe a huge sigh of relief as he winged his way back to heaven? Uh, do you think? I'll bet he did. Foolish angel, didn't you remember that God loves to take the ordinary and do amazing things? So what are you thinking on this Advent morning? Christmas is less than one week away. This year, will your Christmas celebration be ordinary or will it be extraordinary? I mean, what do you say? And I believe that your answer depends upon what your Christmas is made of. For many people, Christmas is made out of the ordinary, ordinary stuff, presents. And presents are ordinary. Is there a man here who remembers what his wife bought him for Christmas last year? I'll give you three seconds. I thought so. You know, people just don't remember the ordinary. Christmas cookies get eaten, the relatives eventually uh, return home, or the FaceTime uh, comes to an end. The Christmas bling gets packed back in the box along with the tree and the lights, and the Christmas cards visit the recycling bin, don't they? If you build your Christmas on ordinary things, that's exactly the kind of Christmas you will have this week. Ordinary. But why not do something different this year? 
Why not add the extraordinary to your Christmas? Because it's there. It's there, you know, hiding just beneath the ordinary. Here, I'll even tell you where to look. Why don't you look into the manger? The story is told about a man who was upset with his six-year-old daughter for wasting a roll of gold wrapping paper. Money was tight, and he became angry as she used most of the roll to decorate just one present beneath the Christmas tree. But his anger melted into embarrassment when she looked at him and said, Daddy, that present is for you. When Christmas morning came, the father opened his gift only to find that the box was empty. He looked at his daughter and said rather stiffly, Don't you know that when you give someone a present, there's supposed to be something inside? The little girl looked up at him with tears in her eyes and said, But Daddy, it's not empty. I blew kisses into the box, all for you. And that was the year when the father begged his daughter's forgiveness on Christmas. And for years, he kept the golden box by his bed. And whenever he was lonely or discouraged or sad, he would take out an imaginary kiss and remember the love of his little girl who had placed it there. In less than a week, there will be something extraordinary found in the manger. But a lot of people won't see it. Many will refuse to see it. Many will miss it because they think they've seen it all before, and some folks just won't look very hard uh, at all. But if they did, they would find the Son of God in that humble manger bed, both a baby and God, sleeping in the hay. Not just an infant, but a Savior, a sin-seeker, a sin-destroyer, the enemy of death itself and the devil's worst nightmare. Not just a child, but the one who will always love you even though you don't deserve it. The one who will wash your soul clean with his own blood. The one who will take a cross and demolish the gates of hell. The one who waits at heaven's door for you and his arms will be wide open. That who's found in the manger, he's the most extraordinary gift of all. Just ask Mary. She knows. She knows that God loves to use the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. And you, you only have days left to prepare. What kind of Christmas will you have this year? Don't build it upon the ordinary. Don't make yours a celebration that's only about earthly uh, stuff that's here today and forgotten tomorrow. No. This year, look for the gift that came down from heaven. Look for love with no strings attached. Look for the best friend that you will ever have. Look for your forgiveness. Look for replacing death with life forever. Look into that manger. What you will find will be anything but ordinary. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.